refine me. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause tonight. Amen. 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 Praise God. We welcome everyone tonight to our Thursday night Bible study. So glad to have everyone in the house of God tonight. We greet you all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So honored to have uh, our missionary with us tonight. Amen. In the absence of our pastor, I'm sure he would like to be here tonight, but he had uh, other plans. Uh, unfortunately, he's not able to be here tonight. So uh, we love having our missionary here, and um, he certainly would be honored to be here tonight if he could. Amen. So we will be here. I love his display. I was telling Brother Damon that I love his display over there. Um, you, you know that 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 little. Uh, um, I call it, um, I refer to it as the, the audiovisual booth. <laughs> it's a nice little display booth that we have. Um, I know back in the days, um, our outreach used to use it a lot, for, but it's a nice, ideal, comfortable here. I love it. I love the setup. So we're going to invite you to stand with us tonight. We're going to get right into our service tonight. And um, we're praying that the Lord to bless us. Hopefully things will go well. And keep our pastor in, uh, in their prayers as we pray tonight that God will, will, will be done in their life as they uh, travel tonight. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads tonight as we pray. Amen. If anyone has any prayer requests, you can just raise your hand. Um, you can look around if there's anyone that's going to request. But if um, anyone else have any requests, just raise your hand. Sister Hadir, just keep them in your prayer as we pray tonight that whatever the needs are, God will fulfill Sister Yvonne in the back and touch them, whatever they are tonight, that God will touch us and keep us. Amen. So let's just pray together. Father God, we love you. We thank you one more time for being in your present, Lord. For in your present, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We thank you for your blessings, O oh God, and for all the things that you have done for us, O oh God. Things so undeserved, O oh God. As we gather together in your presence tonight to call upon your name, to worship you and praise you, Lord God. We ask you to forgive us for every sins, all the sins that we have committed in your sight, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God. That you will, oh God, burn out every sins, oh God, that we have committed in your sight, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, that you will wash us, wash us in your blood, wash us through, Lord God, thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Tonight, as we commit the service in your hand tonight, we ask you, Lord God, for every hand that raised tonight, Lord God, whatever their needs are, Lord God, whether it's spiritually, physically, emotionally, or financially, Lord God, we touch and agree with them, Lord God, that you'll touch them tonight, Lord God, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, Lord God. We ask your will to be done, not my will, but your will to be done. Lord God, we ask you to open our hearts and our minds tonight, Lord God, that whatever is in store for us, Lord God, we'll receive it, oh God, gladly tonight. Lord God, we pray for a pastor tonight, Lord God, that you'll continue to strengthen him, cover and keep him, oh God, give him our protection, Lord God, and pray that you will bring him back home safely, Lord God. Bless his family at this time, likewise, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch every person in our midst tonight, Lord God. Those that are watching via, oh God, our online streaming, that you'll touch them tonight. Oh God, I pray and ask your spirit to be upon us, Lord God, and that you'll bind us together with cords that can never be broken. Lord God, we love you. Lord God, we give you all the glory and all the honor for you are great, you are mighty. Lord God, there is none like 
you. There is none to compare. You are the one that is and that is to come. You are the great I am. You are the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You are the King Eternal, Immortal, the Invisible God. You are the only wise God. Father God, as we give you all the glory, as we give you all the honor, we ask you, Lord God, to have your way among us tonight, Lord God. Speak to our hearts, O God. Touch every person in this place tonight, individually and collectively, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, a special anointing upon our missionaries tonight as they hear that you will touch, O God, our dear missionary and his family tonight, Lord God, that you will give him the words, O God, that will encourage us, O God, that will remind us, that will keep us, O God, I pray and ask your hands to be upon us, O God. We give you all the glory, Lord God. We give you all the honor. We praise your name, O God, for your loan. O God, I worthy to be praised. Have your way among us tonight, Lord God. We give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And come on, church, let's just give the Lord another round of applause. Tonight is worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, it's worthy to be praised. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you. We adore you. We give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. We're going to ask you to remain standing tonight uh, without any further ado. We have um, Brother Dame, Sister Dame, Sister Pamela, I'm assuming Sister Pamela's wife. No? Daughter? <laughs> okay. So, see, I started to mess up already. So, I, I, I won't do the introduction. So, uh, we're so honored to have a uh, missionary dame here tonight and his family. And without any further ado or delay, uh, take your liberty tonight. Amen. Speak to us, teach us, talk to us, sing to us, whatever the Lord have in store for you. Amen. Honored to have you with us. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Would you like to give a hand clap of praise to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? Hallelujah. He's the only wise God. He deserves all the glory and all the honor. Hallelujah. You may be seated. It is a privilege and an honor to be here this evening. Amen. We are grateful for every opportunity. Amen. That we get to present. Amen. Christ and the gospel to anyone who will listen. Amen. And also to present to you our burden for the nation of Bolivia. Amen. We have been there for 17 years. Amen. And we're excited to share with you many things that God has been doing. Amen. Great to be here with all of you to meet you. Amen. And we give honor to Bishop Wyatt. Amen. And we are grateful that he would allow us to be here in his absence. Amen. We have never met and uh, just exchanged some text message and emails. And other than that, Amen. We have uh, no reason for him to allow us to be here other than that. He knows we are preachers of the gospel. Amen. Ordained by the United Pentecostal Church International. And uh, we are missionaries to Bolivia. And we take that as a high honor. Not to take it lightly. Amen. And we want to uh, let you know what God is doing through your prayers and finances. How many here have ever prayed for the missionaries? Amen. How many here have ever given a missionary offering? Amen. We want to say thank you for doing that because because of that, God has allowed people to hear the gospel. Amen. Not just in churches, but in prisons. Amen. I've preached more in prison per week than sometimes I do at church. Amen. And 
because of that, we can see our churches, our church that we pastor now for nine years, has many people that used to be in prison, were baptized in prison, received the Holy Ghost in prison. Amen. But now worship God in church. Amen. We've seen almost 300 men be baptized in Jesus' name and almost 100 ladies be baptized in Jesus' name in prison. And then in, on March 28th of this year, we baptized three people. Two of them were in prison. One is the daughter of a lady that was in prison. And uh, prison ministry in Bolivia is a little different than maybe here. Uh, because when you go to prison in Bolivia, you have to buy or rent your jail cell. You have to buy and provide your own meals. You have to provide everything you use, even toilet paper, uh, soap, shampoo, you provide it. So um, when we got to Bolivia, in the men's prison, we would see whole families in prison. The men would bring their wives and children to prison. Uh, Instead of paying rent in two places, they just pay at prison. Uh, Thankfully, a couple of three or four years ago, the Bolivian government uh, enforced the law against non-prison people living in prison. And so... Um, the ladies left the men's prison and uh, the children left the men's prison. But in the ladies' prison, we do have uh, around 4,000 children under five that live in prison with their parents. And we can take uh, every Sunday our bus from our church goes to the prison and brings 20 to 30 children uh, to Sunday school. And uh, my wife and daughter will come in a few minutes and let you know what happens every Sunday. Amen. But we're thankful tonight, all of our young people. How many here have given to Sheets of Christ? Or now move the mission. Amen. Maybe when we were younger it was Jesus Christ. But now move the mission provides vehicles for all the missionaries. And we're thankful to the young people. Amen. Who do this. And to all the people that provide uh, money by by washing cars or or getting their car washed. Amen. Sometimes even pay to have a wash and had to go rewash it. Because some of the amateurs washed it. But amen. All the money went to move the mission. And because of that, we have a vehicle, and we, and we can tell you, 22 children fit in a Nissan Pathfinder, amen, and going to church is fun uh, with 22 screaming kids, amen, that are on their way to church, and uh, we've done that for nine years now, but we're thankful for Move the Mission. Last deputation, we did raise funds to buy a minibus, and now we can take double the amount of children to Sunday school. We also want to thank all of our ladies. How many ladies here have given to ladies' ministry, mother's ministry? Help us give a hand clap to all the ladies of North America. And we are thankful because the ladies provide a washer, dryer, and a refrigerator that helps the missionaries all over the world. And uh, we are thankful for that. Uh, We received our uh, dryer and refrigerator in 2004 we rented a home that had uh, a washer Uh, so our 16 year old dryer about two years ago my wife went home and smelt burning wires and and burning plastic and she was able to save the laundry but the washer gave up the uh, the dryer gave up the ghost Uh, i had a short circuit after 16 years of faithful uh, drying Uh, but thankfully ladies ministry provided an offering within a week we were able to buy a new one And uh, we want to thank our ladies for that. But also the ladies provide a Bible school scholarship that helps young men and women uh, go to Bible school that wouldn't be able to go if if it wasn't for the scholarship. Uh, The first six years in Bolivia, I I was the director of the Bible school. And my first day for six years was the same. 
It was to interview each student and ask them, how much money can you give to the school bill? Now, when your uh, income is $2 a day, wages, you're not going to go to Bible school paying $200 unless you're very good at saving money. But thankfully, I could tell all of the young people, don't worry about the money, get good grades, and go plan a church when you leave here, because Ladies Ministry of North America has provided a scholarship for you. And so we say thank you to all of our ladies that give, amen, so that we can train young men and women who will go out and preach the gospel. Amen. I was in high school when I started learning Spanish. Amen. Thank God for the U.S. taxpayers in New Hampshire that paid for my Spanish training in high school. And because of that, I was able to go to the mission field, speak in the language. Uh, At the age of 19, I went and worked as an aimer in Argentina. And... um, but also, right now, we live in a country that doesn't just speak Spanish. Uh, my wife and daughter will come here now and tell you how many dialects are spoken in Bolivia. And uh, I'm a slow learner, so it's taken me a long time to learn Spanish. I don't want to know how long it would take me to learn each one of these dialects. But they're going to come and tell you a little bit about Bolivia and how many dialects are spoken there. And uh, give you a little uh, idea of a couple words that are spoken there in the two most spoken dialects. Uh, my wife is born and raised in Guatemala. And our daughter, Pamela, is, was, was born and is being raised in Cochabamba, Bolivia. Amen. And we are thankful they're here with us tonight. So they're going to come and, and teach you a little, a couple words in different dialects and let you know a little bit about Bolivia. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Dios le bendiga. We're very happy to be here in your church in the U.S. And there's 36 um, dialects in Bolivia. And two of the main ones are Quechua and Aymara. And you know the word for God bless you in Spanish is Dios le bendiga. But we're going to teach you today, Pamela is going to teach you, those wor- that word in Quechua and Aymara. Hola, yo soy Juanito y yo soy Juanita. Yo y nosotros venimos desde Bolivia para enseñar nuestra lengua a los Estados Unidos. En Quechua se dice... Dios bendice sucho. Y en Aymara se dice Dios Sanpique. Espero que les haya gustado. And she said that uh, they have come from Bolivia to teach you those words. In Quechua is Dios bendice sucho. And in Aymara is Dios Sanpique. We always say if someone tells us the words, we're going to give them a coin from Bolivia. <laughs> also, the, the word wawa in Quechua, it means children. So there you know now several words words and sometimes we are concerned about our world and our world is about us about our family uh, about our neighborhood about our city about our country and that's that's good but today i want you to please enlarge your vision and see the whole world and there's um, ways that you could go to be a missionary you could go you could give and you could pray and I am asking you today to come with us as prayer missionaries. Because that way you can help us by prayer and you could be missionaries too. There's a lot of need in a lot of countries, especially in the Access Challenge countries. We have a booklet in our display that you can see which ones are those countries that are Access challenged, And let's pray for them because they can't have the liberty as we do to preach in the streets, in the prisons, or give away Bibles. And we also want you to please pray 
for Bolivia that is in the heart of South America. We're going to show you in our presentation. And there's several needs that they have right now. Right now, Bolivia is going through the three wave of COVID, which this time was worse than last year. And all of our church got sick, and we lost some pastors. We lost some people from our church. And there's a lack of um, medicine, of oxygen, of room in the hospitals. And so help us pray for that. Also, for the political unrest, we try to work in the middle of all of that. And God is helping us to go and preach the gospel in this country. We, Like my husband said, we work mainly in the prisons. And we work with the children that live in those prisons. A few years ago, they are not letting the children above five years old to go and live there. There used to be even teenagers there. But now, just the five and under. But we pick them up, and the ones that don't live there anymore wait for us in front of the prison. We take them to church. We teach them Sunday school, then give them lunch, take them to a park and to play different sports, and then we take them back to the prison. But during the week, if they don't have anybody to go with them to the doctor, we go with them. We've been with some that have gone through surgery and have no one to be with them when they are having their surgery. And some of the the older ones that have been graduating, they have nobody to go with them to the graduation. And we have come with them. Actually, one of them that we went with him to his graduation wrote to us today that he's in the military and he had ascended in the military and he, he sent us a picture of that. Because we've been doing this since uh, 2006. We've been getting into the prisons and working with the children. And now there's some of them that that come to the church with their children, their spouses, and all that. But, but what we want is that they don't go to the lifestyle that their parents have. So help us pray for that. And thank you for your burden permissions. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you because you're going with us as prayer missionaries. God bless. Amen. How many remember how to say Dios le bendiga in Quechua? Amen. Very different language. It's about mixed German and Japanese mixed together. And it is fun to try to understand some of the words. Amen. We're going to uh, take you by video to Bolivia. We live in Cochabamba City. It's the land of the eternal spring. We have our winter at 4 o'clock in the morning in August. It gets down to 40. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's back to around 70, 75. And then we can see snow, but it's about 20,000 feet above us. And it looks pretty right where it is. Amen. Uh, when we go to La Paz, the capital city, we fly up to 13,000 feet above sea level. And uh, so when you get off the airplane, you feel like someone kicked you in the stomach and slapped you in the head at the same time. And uh, about eight days of that, it goes away. Amen. And then Santa Cruz is on the east side of the country by Brazil. And uh, we have a missionary there. The Marses are from Texas. And so I tell them, amen, that's, you can go there because I'm from New Hampshire and I like it cold. And uh, Santa Cruz is pretty warm most of the year. But we're going to start out flying over uh, Cochabamba City. It's a city of almost uh, right at a million people. 
And uh, we're going to fly over the Christ of the Concordia, which is a, a statue similar to the one in Brazil. Uh, ours is one meter taller, and uh, they like to brag about that. But uh, we're going to fly over that and then fly down into our church that we pastored there in Cochabamba City and uh, take you to a, a part of the service there. And then I uh, saw you 17 years. Don't worry, it's, it doesn't take long. Uh, but 17 years condensed version of what God is doing in Bolivia.
it's a small glimpse of what God has been doing in Bolivia. Amen. And uh, we use many, many different ways. Amen. I was telling Pastor Samiento last night in Spanish church. Last night preached in English, in Spanish, today in English. Monday was in Spanish too, but um, I told him we, we, we use so many different ministries, one has to work. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We use extreme sports and equine therapy, uh, horse therapy. Amen. Radio ministry. When we went back to Bolivia in 2012, uh, I set a goal to, to start a radio ministry. And uh, I specified I didn't want to preach on a Christian radio station. I wanted to preach on a secular radio station. I wanted to preach to sinners. Amen. Not people that go to other churches. And every Thursday at 5 o'clock, we uh, preach on the radio, uh, minister uh, to a million people uh, on a secular radio station. This afternoon, we could hear it on the Internet. Sometimes when I have time, I, uh, I can actually do the radio broadcast. I did it in Maine last uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, from a hotel just doing uh, preaching in Cochabamba. Thank God for technology. Amen. And uh, we're excited uh, to see uh, people from areas that we don't have churches uh, opening their homes to us, asking us to come and, and minister in their, their families, their houses uh, because of the radio uh, has impacted their lives through this ministry. And uh, so uh, on the table over here, the display, uh, there's a few things for sale there. Some of those things were made or knitted uh, by prison uh, people that we minister to every week. Um, twice a month, my wife goes on, uh, she goes every Thursday to the ladies' prison, but twice a month she brings 60 balls of yarn, and the ladies knit different things, and we buy it from them. They're able to buy food for their children, and then when we come here, we're able to sell it so that we can go back with more money to buy more yarn to help more people. And so your purchase of different things there will help do that. Amen. There's also a pen. Uh, it's uh, a pen from the Bolivian rosewood tree, and it says the word Bolivia on there. And the purchase of this for $50, uh, you're getting the pen for free, but the $50 actually buys one square foot of, of land uh, to help us buy... Uh, or pay off the loan that we got almost three years ago now. Uh, we're praying that we'll pay it off before we go back and that we can uh, then eliminate the building and put a church there. It was a house, a three-bedroom house that we gutted out. I wish they believed in sheetrock down there, but it was all cement and bricks. Uh, and we gutted out the inside of the house and turned it into a church that will hold 100, actually 94 chairs. Uh, but our last service there in April of this year, we had 107 after nine years, we were able to break the 100 barrier for the uh, first time. We hit 98 in 2016, but when we went left there for deputation, we went back. There was a lot of people that stopped coming, and then we got it back up, and then COVID hit, and uh, we're excited to see God blessed with growth. Amen. How many know that no one can stop the church? Amen. No one or no thing can stop the church. In March 15th of last year, we were told, like many people all over the world, that we couldn't have church. Uh, we were actually stuck at home from March until the end of June. We could leave one day a week for five hours on foot or bike to get groceries and then go home. So from March until October, we couldn't have church. March to October, we actually uh, uh, were at home after we could leave the house in June. Uh, beginning in July 1st, uh, we could... Go out Monday through Friday, but Saturday and Sunday we had to be home. 
so the church doors were closed in all of Bolivia from March until October. But I'm excited to tell you tonight that 16 pastors sending in their reports, we, we were able to baptize 122 people in Jesus' name and see many of them get the Holy Ghost with the church doors shut. Amen. A man from our church called me one day and he said, Pastor, my son wants to get baptized. He got the Holy Ghost as a child at camp, uh, almost a teenager now, and he wanted to get baptized because he didn't know if he was ever going to go back to church again. And so I told him, well, Friday I can leave the house. And I went on my bicycle about 45 minutes to his house. I had a swimming pool there and baptized him. And we're excited to see that people are still being born into the kingdom. Amen. Even with the church doors shut. Amen. That doesn't mean that it's not important to go to church. Amen. A lot of people are accustomed to looking on Facebook. And thank God we can still minister and preach. Right now there may be people watching. I don't know. Amen. But nothing takes the place of being together with your brothers and sisters. Amen. Worshiping the Lord. Amen. In one accord. Amen. Amen. And so we're excited about what God is doing even with church doors shut. Uh, and on the video, it started with a man uh, walking into the church service. And uh, that man is from a city that we wanted to start a church at. And on January 5th of last year, I stood in front of our church and and did a PowerPoint presentation showing them five target cities where we wanted to start a church uh, or at least a preaching point or even a cell group in, in the last one. And uh, the first city that we wanted to start one in was the city where that man was from. And uh, March 15th, like many pastors, all of my plans went into the trash can. Amen. January 5th, I presented beautiful plans. Great, big plans. But March 15th, it was all over, or so I thought. Amen. But while the church doors were shut, God was working. Amen. A man, a pastor from Argentina that was born and raised in the city we wanted to start a church in. And uh, he went to Argentina to get a better life. Wasn't converted, wasn't Christian. But when he got to Argentina to get a job, God brought him into the kingdom. And now he's a pastor there in Argentina. And right before COVID hit, he came to Bolivia to visit his father who was sick for something else. And uh, before he got into Bolivia, his father had passed away. But he decided to just come and visit family since he was already in Bolivia, uh, just on the border. And uh, if he had known what he knew later, he probably would have gone back home hurry and quickly. Uh, but he stayed in Bolivia, and then COVID hit. The borders of Argentina and Bolivia both closed. He couldn't go back home. Uh, but while he was there, he was visiting friends and family. Uh, when church back opened the doors back up, he attended the church of one of his friends uh, because they invited him to preach there. It was an Assembly of God church. The pastor had died of COVID, and his elderly wife was trying to hold service there and, and, and continue a uh, church of 300 people. Long story short, um, this pastor was visiting a, the man that walked into church that we saw in the video and uh, ministered the gospel to him, taught him the doctrine. Uh, and long story short, December, he called me and said, Pastor, I'm going back to Argentina. Uh, I want to, uh, uh, what do you call it, renunciar, resign the church and uh, come back to Bolivia with my family and pastor this group. And uh, so in February, uh, we baptized nine of these the adults in Jesus' name. They all had the Holy Ghost, just needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, we now have church in a rent-free building. 
during the week and in the days it's a uh, car repair shop it'll hold about 30 cars in the back of the garage but in the customer service uh, waiting area there's room for about 50 people there uh, we've had 60 uh, we have a picture that there weren't enough chairs and someone flipped over a five gallon bucket for someone to sit on and uh, so we're having church there rent free amen that's unheard of Amen. And six pastors have gone to that city to try to start a church, and unfortunately hasn't happened yet. Uh, but we're thankful God opened the door. Amen. We have 45 to 50 people. Most of them are paying their tithes and uh, attending church, and the other half want to be baptized. And we're just waiting, amen, for some of them to get married so they can. And uh, the pastor's on his way. So we're thankful that God is opening doors while we're thinking they're closed. Amen. Amen. How many have realized that God is never late? But how many have and how many how many have gotten nervous while you thought God was showing up late? Amen. He almost gave us a heart attack a few times, but never showed up late. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you from Matthew chapter eight. Amen. I'll be brief in the words that I'll be speaking here this evening, share with you some more testimonies, amen, that, that apply to the scriptures that we'll be reading. Matthew chapter 8, 1 verse, all the way to verse 3. After preaching last night in Spanish, I want to keep going in Spanish, so if I start stuttering, it's because I'm stopping myself. Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 3. When he, meaning Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Or in modern day English, if you want to, you can make me clean. But notice what Jesus did. He didn't ask Peter to bring in his calendar or whip out the iPad and see his agenda and tell the leper, hey, you're in luck. Our church is going to start a 40-day fast. So you come in about eight weeks and we'll be able to pray for you. Is that what Jesus did? The man, the leper said, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Many years ago, I was a Bible quizzer. I always say I wish they'd bring back Bible quizzing or bring Bible quizzing for the old people. Because I'm the age that when I was a teenager, that was old. In fact, when I was a kid and our pastor, my grandfather, my uncle had missionaries come. From the time I was nine years old, I knew that that's what I want to be when I grow up. So I read all the books that missionaries wrote, especially from South America or Latin America, and uh, dreamed and wanted to be a missionary. That's why I took Spanish in high school in the last three years there. And um, But in my teenage years, I was running from God, getting rebellious, and I wanted to leave home and be my own boss. And the only way to get out of the house was to join the military. I was going to join the Marines out of high school. 
And my Spanish teacher got a hold of me because my mom told him. And my Spanish teacher, who was not a church-going man, wasn't Pentecostal, told my mom, Robert has no business going in the Marines. He was born to be a missionary. And so, long story short, God arrested me again and reminded me that I was called to be a missionary. And as a teenager, I looked at all the missionaries, and they were all old, fat, and bald. And I said, I have plenty of time to do what I want to do. I'll do what I want to do, and then I can go do what God wants me to do. But I'm thankful for a mom and dad that prayed for me. And I realized that nobody is capable of dreaming a dream that compares to God's dream for us. You're not capable of dreaming the dream God has for you. Don't mess up your life by doing what you want to do. Do what God wants you to do. Because if you don't, you'll be miserable. You can be a millionaire and still be miserable. Because you're not doing the will of God. And as a teenager, I'm thankful. My mom and dad had seven kids. I don't know how they did it, but they sacrificed. We were always at youth camp. And we were always involved in Bible quizzing. It wasn't Xbox and PlayStation, even though they didn't have them back then. But it wasn't the technology. We never went hungry. And we're always involved in Bible quizzing. And in Bible quizzing, I learned to look for patterns. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are full of patterns. And we see one here. How many times do you find the word immediately in the Gospels? Immediately, suddenly, right away, straightway. And that is the pattern we see here. But there's also another pattern I want to look at this evening. And we're going to see that. We've read Matthew 8, 1 through 3. Let's jump down to 8, 15. Jesus came into Peter's house. His wife's mother laid sick of a fever, verse 15. And he, Jesus, touched her hand. And the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. This didn't happen overseas, but it happened in Louisiana, July 4th, 2003. A young boy in our Spanish church in Louisiana had cancer. He was three or four years old. The doctors at Austin Hospital told his mother, Take him home. There's nothing else we can do. He had two brain, had two tumors. Excuse me. One was in the shoulder and one was in the chest area. Sent him home to die. Told his mother if he gets a fever, take him to the emergency room. July fourth, July third. Excuse me. At midnight, his mother called us. His temperatures were like 103, and she wanted us to pray for him. Before she took him to the hospital. No air conditioning in Louisiana is unbelievable. Unbearable. I remember rushing up the stairs with my wife and laying my hand on Samuel Samuel's forehead. I didn't need a thermometer to know he had a temperature. But in the middle of the prayer, I felt his temperature disappear. The palm of my hand 
I could feel the temperature drop immediately. And while his mother was getting a thermometer, Sammy went and drank some milk. He couldn't drink Gatorade because his throat hurt from where it was burnt from radiation. But he went and drank some milk. And a couple months later, the doctors did their MRIs and their all their their tests and x-rays. And they started scratching their heads and said, we don't know what happened, but there's no tumors there. Because it wasn't just the fever. It was the tumors that left as well. And now Sammy's taller than I am. Because nobody can touch you like Jesus can. Nobody can touch you like Jesus can. Jesus touched the leper and the leprosy disappeared. Jesus touched Peter's mother-in-law's hand and the fever disappeared. Matthew 9.20, we read, Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. And we know the rest of the story. Jesus didn't touch her. She touched him. And 12 years of problem disappeared. Because it doesn't matter if you touch Jesus or he touches you. When you come in contact with Jesus, whatever's in your life that's messed up is going to disappear. Matthew 17, 7. Jesus came and touched them, the disciples. Jesus was being transfigured. They became fearful. Jesus touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. In this case, it's not a a physical sickness, but it's an emotional situation. And the touch of Jesus changed their situation their emotional situation. Matthew 20, verse 34. They brought some blind men to Jesus. Jesus called them and said, What will you that I shall do unto you? They said unto the Lord that our eyes may be opened. Verse 34. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Do you see the pattern here? Jesus touches someone and immediately... Their situation is changed. Mark 1 verse 41. Some believe it's a different leper. But it's the same song. And if it's not, it's just confirmation. And then that Jesus touched him and said, I will be clean. And the leper was healed. Now we all know the law. And the law says if anyone comes near a leper or is touched by a leper or touches a leper, they have to go through several days or weeks even a month of ceremony, to be clean again. So all eyes would be on Jesus and say, you just touched the leper. But before someone could even say you touched the leper, there was no longer a leper among them. And if someone did accuse Jesus of being unclean, his response would be, show me the leper and I'll go wash myself. Show me the leper and I'll go spend a week or a month in isolation, in quarantine. But show me the leper because I don't see one. Because immediately he was healed. Mark 7.33. This is a funny one. Let's read 32. 
And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. I like looking at all these different ways Jesus heals people. When I was a teenager and even younger, when I was old enough to carry a shovel and move it with all the snow, my dad would get upset because he'd come home, all the neighbor's house would be clean. All the drives would be clean, immaculate, no snow, and ours would be covered with snow. Well, they pay $15 a driveway. We had to do his for free. I made a lot of money shoveling snow. But it's, it's hard to me to fathom, but I believe it. Because my God's big enough to do it. But it's, have you ever looked at all the snow and said, I want to go to Bolivia where there's no snow? But have you ever looked at it and said, it's amazing that there's no snowflakes that are like another one. Great to meet Brother Tom and, and to know that he's got roots in New Hampshire like I do. Have you ever looked at all that snow and said, this is amazing. Every snowflake is different. And when you have that understanding, you can see, I have a problem, but I know a God that can fix it a hundred million different ways. But they bring people to Jesus and they say, well, you, we saw you. They brought six different, six different blind people to Jesus and Jesus healed them six different ways. But the second time they brought a blind man to Jesus, they told him, well, do what you did the first time. Put your hand on his shoulder and he'll be healed. Jesus violated protocol and tradition. This one thing Jesus hated, it was tradition. Because it was tradition that caused them to crucify Jesus. They couldn't abandon tradition long enough to understand hundreds of prophecies about the man that was standing in front of them. If you could throw away tradition, you look at it. In less than two weeks' time, every religious group between Mark 3 and Mark 7, every religious group became angry at Jesus because he violated their tradition and all their sacred cows. Well, you guys don't wash your hands before you eat. Well, you are harvesting corn just because you walked through the field and plucked some corn. Well, you guys don't do it like we do. We fast, you guys pig out. Jesus said, put your traditions aside and I'll show you some miracles. And so they said, well, just put your hand on his shoulder. Jesus didn't say, oh, that's, that's the class of 101, how to do a miracle. He didn't put his right hand on the left shoulder and say, be healed. He spit in the man's eyes. And here, notice, we're not talking social distancing. We're not talking about, about doctor-patient protocol and hygiene and all of that. Look what happened they said, put your hand upon him and heal him. But Jesus took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers in his ears, spit, touched his tongue, and then said, be open, Ephatha, be open. And what happened? He charged them that they should tell no man, but he more charged them so much, the more a great deal they published it. Man, they were no longer deaf mutes. Because no one can touch you like Jesus can. Luke 7, 12 and 14. This is awesome. 
Now when he, Jesus, came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the beer or the casket. He didn't even touch the body. He just touched the casket where the dead man was in. They that bare him stood still. He said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up, began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. The man was dead in a casket on the way to the cemetery to be buried. Jesus touched the casket, and the dead man came to life. What are you carrying right now on your way to the cemetery? A dream. The dream that you've always wanted to start your own business. Having children or your marriage, your job, your ministry. And it's dead or appears to be dead. But I would invite you to let Jesus come into your home, your family into your life and touch whatever you're thinking about burying tonight, tomorrow, this week and saying, I can't handle it anymore because no one can touch you or your situation like Jesus can. In Luke twenty two fifty one, Peter smote the servant of the high priest, cut off his right ear and Jesus answered said, Suffer ye thus far, he touched his ear and healed him. This is important because really he should have picked up the piece off the ground and put it back on the side of his head where it was missing. But that would have left a scar. And the law says no one can go into the house of the Lord, the temple, who's scarred or maimed or has a defect. But before they could say he can't go into the temple anymore, he could say, show me why I can't. There's no scar here. Or the right ear. There's no scar there. There's no visible sign that it was cut off. Because Jesus is in the details. Jesus is a man, but he's one of the only men that is in the details. How many women... Complain their husband isn't into details. But Jesus is. I'm not going to just put it back on and leave it there. Maybe not hanging right or perfect angle. He touched the stub or the nub or whatever that was there. And made a whole new ear again. So whatever you're going through right now. I have no idea who anyone here is except by your first names. But God sent me here to minister to someone tonight to let you know that Jesus wants to touch you like you've never been touched before. Whether it be spiritual, emotional, financial, physical, or in your marriage, any way you need it fixed, any area of your life, Because right here it tells me in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, God wants you to be complete. 
The word complete literally is translated perfect. He wants you to be complete in spirit, soul, and body. Now, when you hear people quote that verse many times, and I did it for a long time until one of our young men in Bolivia, a pastor's son that was studying psychology, and his brother that was studying um, educational uh, career, uh, the field of education, he did a lesson on that verse. And he said, every time I've heard this verse quoted, and I stopped myself and I, I realized every time I quoted it, I said the same thing, body, soul, and spirit. But Paul wrote spirit, soul, and body. And the young man from the educational field, he said, when a student walks in the room, the the teachers are looking. Does the student look abused? Does he look malnourished? Does he look like he's going through situations? So the focus is on body. But our focus needs to be on the spirit and our soul. Because in 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 2 John, excuse me, 2 John, it says, I want you to prosper as your soul prospers. When your soul prospers, everything else will come into place. God is a God of balance, of order. Everything He created was designed to have order and balance. We don't need to be worrying about global warming. We need to worry about about being, uh, how do you say, uh, good administrators and, and, and administer our resources good, not waste water and etc. But the ocean was told where it could Go when it was created. You can only go this far and no more. Every once in a while, a tsunami or a hurricane will come in and move the boundaries. They'll go back because it's all designed to be that way. God designed the world to never have to create another tree, animal, etc. Because every human and living cell was created to reproduce and multiply. After creation, he would never have to do anything again. Involving what he created. He is a God of balance and order. And your body is too. So God wants us to understand that our soul needs to come first. It's our priority. And that if we focus and prioritize our soul. And our talent, time and treasure. He will honor our faithfulness our obedience, and our sacrifice. We're living, I believe, that our generation is one of the last generations that knows how to sacrifice. Today, everyone wants to know how, how little can I do and still be saved. Is this really a heaven or hell issue? Watch out because it may not be a heaven or hell issue, but if it's a heart issue... Eventually, it will be a heaven or hell issue. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us, of all the things, take care of your heart. Because the heart, out of the heart comes everything. Emana la vida. Life comes out of it. And then he goes on and says, your eyes, your lips, and then your feet. In other words, where your heart is today, your feet are going to be tomorrow. And so that is why it's so important. To follow people like David that says, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because when I honor God with my talent, time, and treasure, he will bless me 
He will guard me. He will protect me. He will take care of me because I've taken care of what is precious to Him. So when I pray for people, I remind God, God, you are a God of order and balance. But this person's pancreas is not balancing the insulin like it was made to. So I want you to fix it. I want you to bring order where it's not orderly. I need you, Jesus, to fix stuff that are out of balance. Maybe a heart that's not in rhythm where it's supposed to be. Maybe something is wrong. Maybe, maybe they're complaining about an area of their body that's aching, but it's just something that's not aligned right in another part of their body. And that bleeds into the other areas of our life, not just physical. And so that is why we start with the soul and the spirit and then the body. So tonight, as you stand, I want to pray for those that may be needing a touch in your body. It may not be physical, but Jesus touched the ones that were fearful. Because fear will paralyze you. And fear will, fear will govern you and will stop you from doing the will of God. I have no idea how at the age of 19 I got on a plane all by myself and flew 25 hours to Argentina as a 19-year-old boy. Because that's not me. But God will put something in your spirit that, that will allow you to do something. And you look back and say, that wasn't me. Because I don't do stuff like that. I don't go up to someone at Walmart and pray for them. I don't go to my neighbor and say, God revealed to me that you're suffering from this and I want to pray for you. And right now you're going to be healed. But that is what takes place when Jesus touches you. When de- Jesus touches you, demons have to flee. The second lady we baptized in that picture you saw, she was demon possessed. She was an alcoholic and a drug addict when her mother got out of prison. Her mother took her to a church nearby. She lives about an hour away from us. Through the radio, we have several contacts in that city. We're going to go back and start a daughter work there. She was delivered from demons and filled with the Holy Ghost, but she wanted me to baptize her at our church. So a week later, we baptized her. Every night from the time she was filled with the Holy Ghost until we baptized her, demons would come and torment her. They could not possess her, but they tormented her. But we baptized her there that Sunday afternoon. She walked 15 feet into the ladies' room to change. And she said, after she came out, she told my wife, demons came and again. They were screaming. They were angry. And they said, what have you done? Why did you do that? We can no longer torment you. And they have not bothered her again. Because no one can touch you like Jesus can. When Jesus touches you. Even the demons have to acknowledge that you are no longer accessible to them. So whatever it is in your body, soul, or spirit right now, in your mind or whatever, in your wallet, in your bank, whatever, you can just raise your hands. I don't need to come to you. I don't need to pray for you. I got a ton of testimonies we can tell you. Five or six years ago in, in a service... In the men's prison, four men just started speaking in tongues, receiving the Holy Ghost as we worshipped. I didn't lay hands on them. I don't need to. 
Jesus wants to touch you. I, I can touch you and nothing's going to happen. But when Jesus touches you, everything's going to be changed. Jesus, in your name right now, your word is not bound by anything but unbelief. We cast out fear and unbelief right now in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, Jesus, right now to visit your people. Jesus, you know how many hairs are on our head. You know how many tears run down our cheeks. You know how many bills are in the mailbox and how much money is in the bank to pay it. So I'm asking you right now, Jesus, to touch your people. Touch your people right now in Jesus' name. Minister as only you know how to do, Jesus. Minister in Jesus' name. From the head to the feet right now, I ask you for those that are sick, those that are in pain. I'm asking you, Jesus, to eliminate the cause of pain and sickness right now. God, you are a God of order and balance, so I'm asking you to bring balance and order where there isn't. Irregular heartbeats. Problems with insulin. Problems in the pancreas and the liver and the kidneys. Back pain. Migraines. Fear. Depression. It's got to go in Jesus' name because, Jesus, you came and touched your people tonight. Your hand is big enough to touch everyone in this building right now and those that are watching on the Internet. I'm asking you, Jesus, to do what no one else can. No one can touch us like you can, Jesus. I thank you for it. I thank you for touching. I thank you for ministering. I thank you, Jesus, for ministering right now, right here. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to continue. Even tonight when we lay down on our beds, your touch will be upon us, Jesus. You'll bring peace. You'll bring peace. Tranquility, Jesus. We can rest and be assured. You speak peace to the people so they don't return to their folly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. En paz me acostaría así mismo, dormiré porque tú me haces vivir confiado. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. I don't know how to say it in, in English, but the psalmist said, I will lay down with peace because he lets me lay down and sleep hallelujah hallelujah in Jesus name you have given us the promise that as I lay down to sleep you will give me rest and peace to sleep in Jesus name as my brother comes to dismiss this service or allow you to do what you're doing right now just keep entertaining the spirit of God right now Entertain His presence. Entertain His presence. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, I ask You to bring peace to Your people. Bring peace to Your people right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Jesus.
Psalms 4, I was looking at it, but I can't find it. Psalms 4. Psalms 4, 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makes me dwell in safety. I will lay down in peace and sleep for you, Lord, only make me dwell in safety. Amen. You can take that to the bank. Amen. You don't need insomnia pills. You don't need something to make you go to sleep and then something else to wake up. Proverbs 3, 24. When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yea, you shall lie down and sleep shall be sweet. In Jesus' name, God bless you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dame. Amen. Amen. You have blessed us tonight. And I pray that God will continue to bless you and your family as you continue to travel throughout the region and throughout the areas. Amen. Praise God. You know, as Pastor always said, you know, one of the reasons we stand behind our missionaries um, is because they go where we can't go. They do things that we can't do, or I don't want to say we can't do, but we don't have the ability to go these places. So God bless our missionary. You know, we lift our hands to you guys. You know, you do such an awesome job. I know you are part of the global missionary, and uh, so honored to have you minister to us tonight so be supportive to there they have a lot of things over there be supportive if you can lessen their suitcase that would be great support them buy whatever if you want to be a partner with them you know there's there's some farms that they have out there you can be a partner with them you know we support our missionary whenever they come in so they have the forms out there you can fill out the forms and be a, a sponsor to them you know they have to go through this uh, deposition where they have to raise so much money to go back home you know as he had said um, you know to pay for their bills and all the different things that they go through so support all our missionaries whenever they come be a supportive to them over there and um, whatever you can uh, sponsor give donation whatever feel free to be a blessing tonight amen amen i'm gonna ask you to bow your heads one more time father god we thank you lord god no one can touch us like you can jesus and I pray tonight, Lord God, that as we continue to serve you and surrender our hearts to you, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll continue to bless, oh God, the name family, Lord God, as they travel, Lord God. Build a shield of covering and protection run about them as they continue to travel and move around, Lord God. Oh God, I pray and ask you to keep them, Lord God. Let your hands be upon them. Oh God, we truly know that there is no one can touch us like you can. We give you glory, we give you honor. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus to pray. Lord, bless you all. Amen. Be a blessing, be supportive to them in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen.